So, you want to be a better trader, better investor, make more profits, or just get a better understanding of the financial markets? This is the podcast for you. You are listening to Traders of Money, brought to you by Trade Delicious. Now your host, Jordan Mellor. Another fantastic trader joining us today. Gary, how are you doing? It's so good to see you. It's so good to finally have you on and chat. Highly requested um, from your, your community. And oh, honestly, I'm so excited to, to have a chat to you today. How are you doing? Very well, very well. And um, while you're blistering sunshine, I'm sitting here late at night in the freezing cold. So thank you very much for this. <laughs> Oh, no, that's that's more than okay. I'm more than happy to be sitting in the sunshine. But yeah, no, I can imagine. Obviously, the time frame's a little bit different as well. It's, it's You've traded all day today, is it? I have. I am, I'm normally at my trading desk around 6.30 in the morning preparing for a 9 o'clock open because um, mm-hmm. I like to do my homework before I actually press the button. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's been a bit of a long old day for me. Well, that's all right. We're only just going to dive really in depth, so it's nice and longer for you. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. But Thank I'm... you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a chat. Let's have a chat. I-, I wanted to dive into the scruffy trader yourself, right? Okay. Um, I- I've chatted to many people about it, and I'm a firm believer in dropping the whole suit and tie aspect which the trading world delivers, or at least puts forward um that idea that you can only be successful in trading if you've got a multitude of degrees in economics and you've only worked at the best funds and and work on wall street and everything that goes on there it leads and because what social media's impact is doing with the lamborghinis and the ferraris and everything that everyone shows um it's it's leading a lot of people to believe that if you don't have that that overall backing, you can't succeed in this market. You can't get to the levels that they want to get. And obviously, it's not true. We do it day in, day out. And you've just embraced that. And you've come out going, no, this is who I am, scruffy trader. This is how I do it. And I think it's remarkable. Run me through it. How did, how did this come about? Um, well, it was my job, to be honest. Um, in the sense of how I became a trader is from just industry you know mm-hmm. I, I used to be an md of a mail order company we bought products in the far east and part of that process was pre-purchasing currency you know mm-hmm. and you'd either do it through a, a system called forward purchasing where you lock in an exchange rate at a certain price for x amount of time or you physically buy the product because you don't rock up to Japan and say he is British pounds, they, they want US dollars. And mm-hmm. We also did quite a bit on the continent as well, uh, Czechoslovakia, Germany, and into a little bit of Turkey as well. They want Euro. So it, it was my job. Um, but it was a very different type of trading to what I do today. Today, I am predominantly a day trader. It's where my wages come from. Um, back in the industry days, and we're going back over 15 years. I mean, it was a long time Mm. ago. Um, That was all daily, weekly charts. So it was very, it was almost an investing mentality rather than a trading mentality. But in 2017, uh, market forces, various different issues, the the company sadly had to close and I needed a job. 
because I was the wrong side of 40 at the time. And I often say I'm a good boss, but I'm a terrible employee. And you sort of think, well, what can you do? And I thought, well, I like to do things my way. That's what makes me a bad employee. But I'm very disciplined. And I have common sense from industry. Mm-hmm. And I actually grew to love the charts while I was doing it because through various banking seminars and different courses that you buy, you bolt together and you make your systems up and all this sort of thing. Um, I, I found I was reasonably good at it. And essentially, I needed a job. And that's the way I look at this because you touched on the Lamborghini sort of scene. <sighs> that really winds me up because it's not necessarily true um, mm. because there's many aspects of that that they don't talk about. And one of them, because if you've ever been in business and, and any business owners will understand this, it takes money to make money. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't got, as you were talking about the backing, you are not going to have a Lamborghini because those things cost a lot of money. But that's not to say you can't make a living. So you might be on millionaire's roll, but you can, like, case in point, I, I look for about 200 quid a day and I work three days a week. Now, that's across 48 weeks of the year because we self-employed. Nobody's paying us but ourselves. I want to have a holiday, so that's take four weeks off. That's about a 30 grand base salary. Now, in the UK, where I live in the northern UK, that's classed as a very good salary. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at it. So when I come to my desk, um, touched on doing my homework and everything, I plan it out like a job. I, I have my certain tasks that I have to do each day, and then I apply the tasks, and then once I've paid, I quit just the same as knocking off the clock. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps it in the in the sort of the here and now, shall we call it. It's not sort of land of make-believe what you see on Instagram. If I don't do this, I don't eat. And it's that simple. You know, I, think, then- I think that's a remarkable outlook to have because we, we, so many people uh, play with pennies but aim for for a lot um and and sometimes that translates into trading now obviously as a day trader it's much easier to have those daily targets the kind of the cut and the loss and come back the next day swing trading or, or higher time frames is a little bit harder um to, to lock in those areas but no i think i think it's a good outlook and to be honest i think it's an outlook that almost every day trader should have is the fact that you're here to make a sustainable amount of money, not necessarily make millions, not necessarily make, you know, outstanding returns. Obviously, it would be fantastic if you could, but let's look at the reality of the fact um, and make sustainability. Let's let's make it your full time job. Let's let's put the hours in. Let's understand what you can actually achieve in the next calendar year. What do you have to do to get there? And breaking it down into daily tasks, as you just said, it's, it's a a really really good outlook it, it is and then you, you break your day down as well mm. you know because I, I i've got a good hit rate and i get pulled on it quite regularly uh, why, why is it like that i'll tell you why it's like that because i choose my battles mm. i don't just rock up and go i'm here give me a trade click 
I don't do any of that. I'll trade once or twice a day, but I'm looking for A1 setups because I grade my setups as well. And it's mm-hmm. sort of A, B, C, D, F. And I only trade A and B. So they are pretty good. And from that point, if I know what my pip count is that I need, I can size appropriately. And if it hits my 200 quid figure result, I'm done for the day. If it runs through it, well, even better, I've just been paid a bonus. And that's the way I look at it. And sometimes, and often with the guys, I'll be hitting Wednesday or whatever in the week. I'll go, I'm done for the week, guys. And they'll go, what? I'll go, well, I've, I've made enough for the week. So I'll spend mm. time talking with you and one thing or another, but I'm not necessarily going to go into market because I don't need to. I don't need to put myself at risk. Mm-hmm. So one one of the the aspects that I come across with a, with a lot of newer traders, for that matter, is the desire to trade seems to be greater than the reason why you are trading. You know, for me, my reason is simple. I want a salary. You know, I've got a wife to keep. I've got a house to keep, all of that sort of thing. So my primary goal is to get my salary. Whereas a newer trader will think their primary goal is to be in the market, catching every wave, every pip, and leverage it up as high as they can because they think the lifestyle is that. You don't need to be a martyr to the screen. You know, you can just do your homework, a few hours, get paid, stop. And then your goal is not monetary, it's freedom. So I wouldn't call myself a monetary millionaire because trust me, I'm not. Um, I'm debt free. I've got no mortgage or anything because I've paid it all off. But I'm a time millionaire. I can do what I want when I want. And that's what fantastic. trading gives me. And that's the way I look at it. No, it's fantastic. It, it honestly is. But yeah, it, it, it all just comes down to outlook. Um, yeah. and, and that's what I'm hearing from you. With In regards to, to how you call it a day and call it a week, obviously you've got your weekly goals and you trade predominantly three days a week. What's your process in when the week's not planning out the way you wanted it to? How I about stop. if you have a losing day on Monday and Tuesday, for example. I quit. You quit. I, I have yes. a rule. Because I'm only predominantly looking for one to two trades a day, in, in my rule book is very simple. If mm. I take a loss, that's it. You know, because I'm looking for the golden shot, shall we call it. If I've missed that shot, that means I'm not in tune with the market. And if I'm not in tune with the market, I'll have a tendency and I've done it, you know, and I think we, we, we've all had the moments where the emotional side of trading takes over rather than the rational side and, and the market takes something off you. So you lash at the market. Mm. You, you, you want to jump back in and you want to get that back. And inevitably what happens is instead of um, sort of just accepting oh, I've just lost 200 quid here or 300 quid, whatever it happens to be. Suddenly you're looking at 900 quid loss because you've been stupid enough to still believe in what you were doing, mm. even though you've already proved to yourself you were wrong. But you go in and you overtrade and you, you sort of strike at the market and you think, well, I'll up the position size to get it back. And then the market does what the market always does and goes, I don't care who you are, you're insignificant. I'm sure you're boss. Mm. And it'll take it off you again. 
So through the years, and maybe it's an age thing, I don't know, because uh, I'm trying to sort of educate my son in this. Um, he has that emotional... He's doing well. Technically, he's pretty good. Mm. But emotionally, he's not. He gets frightened of it at times, uh, and he'll pull the plug, and then if he loses, he, he, he lashes at it. And I'm like, this is the worst thing you can do, kid. You know, he says, how do you deal with it? The same question what you've just asked. You know, walk away. Mm. I'll just switch the machine off and I will literally walk away and I'll come back to it with fresh eyes and a calm mind. But if I try to go at the market again straight away, you're punch drunk. You're snake bite fearful of it and you'll just make the same mistake. So that, that that's my process. That's either I win it or I lose it. And either way, I walk away, reset, do it again the next day. Fantastic. That's good. That's good. What, what, if, if someone were to ask, well, I'm going to ask you, <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you think are the, the best qualities that can make a consistent trader? So not, not necessarily a superstar trader, not necessarily, you know, million dollar trader, what do you think can make a consistent trader? What do you think the most prominent qualities would be? Common sense. Common sense, just like like street wise. Street common sense. It, trade what you see, not what you think. So mm-hmm. you have to have the ability to follow rules. Now, when I'm trading, I'm not looking for X marks the spot because I don't think that exists. Right? Yeah. I, I genuinely don't. What you need is a framework and then you trade around that framework. But if you haven't got common sense, and common sense is very simple, it, it controls your position size. Now, I don't go for any of this percentage of account or anything like that. I don't go for mm. risk reward. I think all of that sets you up for a, for a fall. But if you apply common sense to the trading arena, that'll get you through it. So if you've got a £1,000 account and you're can, leverage your account up 500 to one as some some companies allow you know are you really going to trade 10 pound a point mm. you know somebody who's daft will but somebody with common sense will go mm, 10 pips that's 100 quid that's 10 percent of that account oh, oh, oh. That, that's that's not good so your common sense kicks in and controls your position size then when you talk about risk reward uh, that yours go right you, you risk this little bit to get three well, that means the market has three times as much chance to take it off you as it has to give you. So the way I work that, again, is a common sense approach. I'll start in the middle at one to one. So I'm already fixed. So it's either going to give me one or give me one. But then I'll stage into that trade backwards and build up the position, which naturally reduces the exposure but increases the upside. But if you haven't got common sense, you wouldn't see that because you'll think, why am I going backwards to go forwards? So to me, common sense is the best sort of tool that you can have and patience. Mm. Patience is probably, well, patience is probably stronger than common sense because you shouldn't be rampagious with your your trades either. Um, But if you've got patience, common sense, and a reasonable head on your shoulders. You, like you say, you don't have to have a bachelor's degree and sort of 
know every microeconomics of what the planet is. You know, I, I, I couldn't care less about the news and the microeconomics. I really couldn't. But what I do know is when it's coming, my common sense tells me to stay away from it. Mm. So again, it goes back to picking your battles. Because if I try and second guess the market, it's interesting to know what these economics are and it's interesting to know what the news is. But do I know how it affects the market? No, because a thousand times I've seen good figures throw the market the wrong way. And it's the big boys manipulating in the short term or it's just the market moving in a way that I don't understand. And my mm-hmm. theory is very simple. If I don't understand it, I don't trade it. Good theory. And again, all, if you can imagine a big funnel, that's all I'm doing all the time. And it's all hinged on common sense. Fantastic. So going into going into patience, let's dive into patience because that's an interesting one. I think when I started out trading, I wasn't very patient. (laughs) Um, When I say I think, I mean I know, I know as a person I wasn't the most patient. I liked things getting done and and getting done now. Um, I'm still very much like that in other areas of life, but. I've learned to adapt to my patience in trading. And the only way I've learned that is by getting stung, um, oh. is, by, uh, is by copying a left-right <laughs> uh, a few times in the market. And, and that's the only way that, realistically, the only way I think it has to be done. I think you've got to feel that, that pain of, of a big loss or, or a string of losses where you've made a mistake or you're in the wrong and it's going to scar you to teach you to then curveball you. Is there a time you've gone through that? Is there a time where you felt like you've been punched by the market and it's like, hey, you weren't on point today. We're going to teach you a lesson. Uh, many times. Um, but when you're talking of patience and lessons, shall we call it, mm. uh, I, I know it as clear as day. You know, I, I lose all the time. We all do. Uh, mm. But sometimes it's just, just the market doing what the market's doing you know and it's just right absolutely i've I've, i might have called the market right but i've entered at the wrong place Mm. and you get clicked um but going back to 2015 this is the best lesson i've ever learned and i call it the greatest gift from the worst nightmare um because i lost 18 grand across the weekend sort of three four days i decided to take my wife to portugal Mm. but up until that point oh yeah all the time i mean you can just jump for me it's just unlike you see we have our bonuses here kid you might have sunshine out you your do. doorstep two hours on a plane portugal lovely yeah no no <laughs> um, you're looking at about 24 hours for us but exactly so <laughs> swings and roundabouts but then again barley's not too far from you it's um not, not. but yeah uh, but at that time I, I i would also say it's it's a trait that you should never have which is arrogance I, I was pretty arrogant at the time. I, I was young, obviously younger than I am now. So you, you get patience through age as well. Um, I'd done very well and I built up a small account uh, and it was quite sizable, you know, and I was like king of the world. But in mm-hmm. hindsight, I'd just been on the right side of a good run. And it wasn't really skill, it was gambling. Um, and I just happened to have done quite well with it. And I went away on this weekend because I was treating my missus and I was on the wrong side of the DAX, over positioned, zero stop loss, 
but I knew I was right. And when I came back to the office on the Tuesday and I hadn't checked the screens at all across the weekend because I was having a jolly time, I was, I was on a break. And I switched the screen on and the colour just drained from me. And, I, and 18 grand was gone and the whole account was just liquidated. And I was like, God's sake. But a month later, because I, I was very frightened of this, I, I couldn't touch the keyboard. I actually mm. thought that was trading career finished. Um, well, I'm going to rephrase that. My day trading career was finished because I was still doing for the company as well. But that's a completely different animal. Um, I, I just thought this isn't for me, one thing and another. And then I was talking to a mate of mine and just having a drink, drowning our sorrows as we do. And he said, well, you must have done something right. And I thought, well, yeah, maybe. And then slowly came back to it. But instead of looking at short time frames, I adjusted it into my investing mentality of looking at high time frame concepts, but pulling them down into a low time frame entry. And they are completely different because you try and see a big picture on a, on a five minute chart. Good luck with that one. You need to be seeing what the monthlies are doing, what the weekly, the dailies doing, see what the feel of the market is. Then control that into midterm timeframes, your four hour, your hour, what's going on in there? Are they lining up? Yes. Now you can go down into your small time frame because you've made your decision before you get there. But prior to that, it was almost a wing and a prayer that I'd just been lucky. So mm. that nightmare, in, in, in a roundabout way, was the catalyst of starting to teach me how to trade properly. That's interesting because it, it's almost like that that expensive holiday in Portugal um, had almost scared you into reducing exposure and time in the market because it pushed you into these lower time frames where you can just at the end of the day be like, hey, I'm done, risk off. Um, you know, if I go on holiday now, I'm not going to lose 18 grand in the account. I'm not going to, would you agree with that? Like that, that's kind of what I'm hearing that there's pushed you into it. What it did was it, it, it made me snap back into reality. Mm. And one of, one of the elements of traders, I think is when you, you, we, we touched on Instagram and even when you look at different brokers, it's all flashy lights and it's almost like a video game. Yeah. And that to me breeds gambling. And the moment you're gambling is the moment you're on a loser. Cause let's be honest, we, we go on casino for a jolly time. I've been to Las Vegas. I've mm -hmm. never been to a place so engineered to get as much money out of you in such a short period of time in my life. Right. But that's what gambling is. Mm. There's only one winner and it ain't you. Yeah. So it shocked me into sort of thinking, this is not right. So how do I make it right? Well, the only way I can do it is look at my industry days and treat it as a job. I have set tasks that I have to do, the same as any other job. You plan it out. And if you've got a plan, well, then you can apply that plan. And if you're right, you're getting rewarded. And if you're wrong, you're not getting rewarded. And it's that simple. And when, when I look at sort of the way... I, I apply myself to the market. It is a business for me. And if it's going wrong, 
well, it's no different than the products that we used to sell. Well, it's a dead product. What do we do with it? We get rid of it. We either mark mm. it down or we just write it off. Well, to me, that's what losses are. So if I see something's going against me, I can mark it down because I break positions, as I was saying, I'll build a position up. I could maybe close two of those positions off, reduce the exposure even further. The other three that's left could possibly come back, get me out small loss, scratch. And if it happens to turn around in a miracle way, pay me quite well. But you look at it like a business and, and that's the way you do it. So you're always looking to sort of cover your bases. You know, am I wrong? Yes or no. Be binary. Not, mm, I don't know. Be binary. Mm. Yes or no. Well, yes, I'm wrong. Okay, what am I going to do about this? Am I going to manage out of it? Or am I just going to kill it? And then that comes back to common sense because common sense is going to tell you what to do. But if you do this and you go winging a prayer, well, they're the days that the market doesn't come back and you just see it go and go. And the worst ones, I'd rather a huge spike take me out and and destroy everything than a grinding move because... A spike is a black swan event, and it just means you've done something stupid, like what I did in 2015. You know, off it goes. Shit. What have I done here? But if it's grinding slowly over the day, and maybe it's into the next day, well, I've had hour after hour to make decisions and correct it. And if I haven't, well, I'm to blame, and I should, and I deserve to lose. And these are the little things that teach you. And I suppose you just call it battle tested. You know, once you've been to battle a few times and you've had a few punches, you sort of start thinking, well, all right, I'd rather have a slap in the face than a kick in the bollocks. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and that's the way I look at it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it reminds me last night, um, Saul and I did a, did a live trading room on the Trade Delicious channel and we both got caught on the wrong side of that big move uh, in the sterling yesterday. Um, you can see it, it dropped like 230 pips over the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, we were both actively managing ourselves out of that position. We got caught on the wrong side and we accepted that. Now we could have held on and if we had held on, hindsight's a beautiful thing, we would have lost a lot of, a lot of money. But we didn't and we, we, we sat there and we we had different positions. We were trading it differently, but we were both trading the same asset going the same way. Um, and we both cut our losses and we both finished the trading session happy. And I think a lot of people sometimes get confused with why on earth are these guys happy? They just lost money on their account. Um, and the reason was, I the way I like to do things is I base my performance on how well I performed, not how well the market performed. How well did I do my job correctly? How well did I follow my plan? How well did I scale out of a losing position, scale out of a winning, whatever it might be, not necessarily what the market delivered because no one knows what the market's going to deliver. We, we can look for a spot of odds in our favor, potentially, um, but no one knows what the market's going to deliver. And I think that's exactly that, learning when to take a loss for exactly what you just said, I'd rather a slap in the face than a kick in the bollocks. It has to it has to happen that way. And sometimes you've got to just take a little slap in the face and be like, yeah, fair enough. I deserve that and move on. But it, it's much better than getting beaten up and getting stuck in a hole you, you really don't want to be in. No, Let's I transition. Totally agree. Um, Let's transition a little bit. Let's have a look okay. 
do you have a best trade? Is there, is there a, a somewhere in your mind that was your best ever trade or, or your the one you've been the most happy with? And this is an interesting one because it always gets people thinking like that. I have a couple... I have a couple in my mind. One was a recent one that I was happy with, and it was I traded. Ah, um, oh, I can't believe I forgot his name. The new prime minister in the UK. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, oh, really, um, we I forgot faded, about him already. <laughs> <laughs> I faded the market when he stepped in. Uh, he stepped in. We had a really good rally, and I, I looked over previous data. I mean, the last seven times the UK's had a new prime minister, we've had a bit of a rally, and then it. it fades and goes back in that was a trade i was really happy with trading but in terms of the one i'm most proud of it was actually a losing trade uh and it was just i loved the way i managed it the way i scaled out of that position and got out just just a little less than break even when i was on full risk um i i sat there of losing trades so happy with myself that might have been my happiest weekend i was just like yep i did that really well is there a time in, in your trading career you've had that feeling? Well, well right, right. this is an odd one for me because I wouldn't say it's an individual <clears throat> trade. Okay. I, I would say it's a personal month. And it's the month where I decided this was going to be my job. Mm. And it took me nine months from the closure of my company to go round and I'm sitting there and my wife has a little confectionery shop or well, she did. We, we, we've sold that business since this is our sole income now. And mm -hmm. apart from she sells t-shirts off, off the brand. Um, if you ever go onto the scruffy trader YouTube channel, you'll see in the very early ones, I was in the back of this confectionery shop. Mm -hmm. you know? And it was the February of that year when because I still had to do work, work. I had to go back into industry when the company closed. And fortunately, I had friends. I, I went into business with them and um, we're moving on. But it was when I came from that and I'd made enough money in that month to sort of think, you know what? This is it. It's make or break time. And that was quite a while ago. And... Um, but, but that's, that would be the highlight. Not a particular in trade. It was just everything had gone wrong in my life in 2017. Uh, I'd literally gone from millionaire's row to skid row in a mm. week. You know, If you ever go through a corporate bankruptcy when you're closing a company down, a big company, it's horrible. It's mm. the worst. Uh, and then after that, I had like nine months of pain, as I was saying, because you've got to deal with the fallout of it and everything. And everything was just on your shoulders. And then got to be able to sit in the back of my wife's business, talk to my best friend every day, and do something that I genuinely enjoyed without the shackles of thinking, I need to go and get a job. Mm. I need. I, I'd got to the point where I was able to generate a salary from it. So that's the greatest achievement. And then from there, as it's been sort of documented through the YouTube channel. Um, it's gone from that little small office into, well, you see me in my study every day now. Um, I work at home because we were able to sell my missus's business. 
there's a number of the reasons she was sick of it and she wanted to spend time with the grandkids and one thing and another, but financially we were okay. Yeah. Not millionaires, but we do all right. Um, so that was it really. Uh, and sort of, if you watch the channel, you'll see the, the progression as it goes through. And I've never changed, you know, it's been what five years now because that channel was, well, case in point, I'll tell you where the channel came from because I've no desire to do it. And it's why I asked about in it quite a lot. You know, it, it's, you need something to occupy your mind. Mm. Otherwise you fill the keyboard. That's why I have loads of toys on my desk called Batmobile. And I'm 52 year old with a Batmobile on my desk <laughs> and, and, and a, a star destroyer, you know, cause I'm a child. Um, but what, what you do is you, you, you're looking to stop yourself over trading, but I also needed a, a video journal of what not to do, not the successes. Mm. I, I started recording my trades for when I was making a complete mess of it. And wow. I couldn't care less. And when I'm journaling, and I do implore any of your viewers to journal, I'm mm. big on journaling. Um, and I'm not journaling to sort of go, oh, well, I've done 100 quid, I've done 200 quid. I'm, I put my notes in when I've lost 200 quid. And then I would play that video back because if you go on trading view and you, you you can back test as much as you like, but it's always perfect scenario. Yeah. But if I recorded that back and I can see the exact point I entered, I think shit, I, I I shouldn't have entered there. And that's where it came from. It was it was a video journal, and well, here we are. Nah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, the, and it's, it's also that accountability factor I found. Um, I went through a stage where I would share my end of day statement with, with a very small group of traders. Uh, we were all traders from all over the world and we'd all share our statements for that, that accountability. So I can't run from the fact that I just messed up. I can't run from the fact that, that you make a mistake. And, and I find that a lot of people, when they do, do YouTube channels and they do the different trading areas and stuff, that also falls into play is, is you've got that accountability. If you can't run from this, you did this, learn. Mm -hmm. And it kind of forces you to, to push in there. I like it. I like it. Yeah. What, when we d dive in there and you said, um, obviously that your, your best time in trading is when you decided to go full time. Yes. How many times since going full-time have you thought, oh, I'm not sure about this? It, it, has never. there ever been, never been a time that you've like had some big losses and you've gone, oh, have I just, uh, have I just screwed no. the pooch? No. no? Um, because I'd already been through the pain barrier. And it, yeah, it was almost, yeah. And I, I, I've been in industry since I was sort of 30-year-old full-time. Prior to that, I, I worked in a pharmaceutical company, so I was always under pressure, and I was always perform in a position of performance related. So I always know if you do this, you get that. Now, when you're in sales and, and when we're in business, you, you're going to have peaks and troughs, and it teaches you the peaks and troughs. You know, you're going to have good times, you're going to have bad times. Um, we used to call it feast and famine. Okay, it's either going to be brilliant or. And I went into doing this trading as a business, as a full-time job, but knowing it's going to be feast and famine. I already had that worked out. And when I'm doing my, my salary, 
I'm not putting everything on the line. Mm. You know, I hold in the broker only what I need to cover the margins. That's it. The rest of the money goes into a separate bank account. So that protects the asset. All right. So I've already got that. But when I'm taking my salary out, I've also got a secondary fund that I have as well that is putting money into that secondary fund. It's a slush fund for when I have a bad month and then my salary is sitting there waiting for me. Or if my margin goes further down and, and I need to dip into it, I have this slush fund that's away from the broker. Mm-hmm. And you can just dip into it. So I went into this with my eyes wide open. Um, but if you've ever ran businesses, um, for your viewers who do this, I don't think it's sort of, you just, you, you don't wake up one day and just think I'm going to open a business and go be Richard Branson next week. You have a passion. Yeah. Well, a lot of people do, but what do they do? They fail. Why do they fail? Well, undercapitalized. You know, you can't open up a shop with it's got a couple hundred quid, you mm-hmm. know. So, well, you can, but you're not going to do very well because you, you haven't got anything in it, mm. you know. You need to plan it. Well, all of this is sort of business acumen. And if you apply this to it, you'll, you'll get there. But there's one thing that you must have. You have to have a passion for it. Mm. You know, if you've got a passion for business, like to me, that's all this is. It's a business, but I happen to love it. So I have another passion. I love my job, but I've never once sort of looked at the screen and thought, well, I'm going to have a Lamborghini next week because that guy told me if I put 200 quid in here, I only have to do this for 30 days and I'm going to be earning 40 grand a month, right? What are you doing? Buying 200 lottery tickets every month or something? Because you're not going to do trading, that's for sure. Um, Yeah. It's it's a different mindset. So no, no. I, I went into this full on. Structured. You went into yeah. structured, you were aware of the risks and you planned yeah. for those risks as well. Now it's very good. Well done to you. And well, that's that's just a testament of why you've been successful in doing it and why you've been consistent is because you, you, you're analyzing the reality of the fact. You're not dipping into these other areas where other people fall short. You're you're going, no, there's a real chance that this may happen and I need to prepare for that. And there's a real chance that this may happen. That's uh, very exactly. good. Look, yeah, you have to yeah, have lean times. Yeah, that 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 pretty much sums up everything I wanted to chat to you t- today about. I, I honestly, I, I appreciate you you taking the time to have a chat and sharing your knowledge, sharing your expertise with everyone listening. For anyone that that wants to get in touch with you or or reach out, wherever it it, it may be, do you have a, a best area to reach out to? You? Uh, if you just go on YouTube, find the Scruffy Trader, you'll. See me trading in the moment pretty much every day. Um, But all of my contact details are in the description. Um, And I'm dead easy found. Um, So just have a look. Uh, If you like what you see, just encourage me. Stick a like on it. Um, Don't think it's going to be polished because it's not. It's raw in the moment. And I can't be any fairer than that. Yeah, uh, and, and that's what scruffy, I think. That's what I appreciate yeah. about you, Gary. Um, it is that just that raw. Yeah, I'm the scruffy trader. Yeah, what up? <laughs> that's it's what I'm doing. Well, I, I'm, I love I'm, that. I'm, let's be honest. I'm not exactly polished, am I? <laughs> oh, I thought you looked good in your suit and tie there. <laughs> I think I wore suit and tie once. I was the accused. <laughs> <laughs>
Look, Gary, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining Anytime. us, and I'm sure we'll Anytime. have you on again in the uh, in the near future. You've been listening to Traders of Money, the podcast that helps you better understand the financial markets, become a better trader, better investor, and be more profitable. Traders of Money is brought to you by Trade Delicious. Join your host, Jordan Mellor, next time on Traders of Money.